You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Sam Hauser, Scott Galetti, hour number three, Team Talk ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. I'm not reporting anything. I didn't see anything because I was back here in the studios in Rio Rancho. So I cannot confirm or deny that anything like this went down at Stopes Park last night. But anytime, presumably at least, just based on the way the game ended, anytime you can tick off the opposing coach when the game is a friendly anyway, any game that counts towards the standings, you want to win. But when it's a friendly like last night was, it was an international friendly, you're going up against teams that are going back and forth between the Premier League, which is one of the, if not the, top soccer league on the entire planet Earth. Anytime you can tick off that coach because you scored a couple of goals against him late in the game, it's a good night that everybody can feel good about. And and really, there was a lot to feel good about last night. Everything went, outside of United winning, everything went exactly the way you would have hoped it did. The Sunderland fans had a great time. There were a bunch of them that came out. They were at the, the, the event a couple of nights ago at Sawmill. They were out in full force with their flags and, and celebrating, having a good time at the lab last night. And United showed right out of the gate just how... How much more legit year-over-year USL Championship is is becoming and really doing it good for American soccer? I mean, Sunderland wins 3-2, to two and they had a 3-0 lead before United put a couple in there at the end, and we'll get to those highlights here in a second. But United had the early scoring chances. It was kind of similar to what we saw against, I think it was against Detroit City, where United could have been up 5 6 nothing at halftime in that one and then prevailed at the end. There were scoring chances to be had early on before Sunderland really got settled in to that game. Now, their, their goalkeeper, and this speaks to what a different world it is that they live in compared to what goes on in USL Championship. Uh, Sunderland's goalie, I think, was 16 years old and was making saves like he was uh, Casey Keller back in the old days of the, you know, the early 2000s for Team USA in the World Cup. This kid who was a teenager was just shutting everything down. But United putting up the scoring chances, and this one... Scott, I know you were here for this one. Scott Galetti, of course, you know, alongside. Hi, Scott. Hi, Sam. And I know you were you were around, of course, as well for that friendly that United played in 2019 against Cardiff. This one, everything about this felt so much different. And obviously, United is in a different place now as a club than they were in 2019. They're in their fifth season now. They're more established. You can you know see the continuing direction to move forward. But this one, that one really felt like an international friendly. Very, very innocent. Very, you know, hey, it's cool to have this team here. And obviously, there was some of that last night. But this was really a case of a, a team that was going out there to try to beat a team that played, you know, again, that was not that long ago in the Premier League. No, that's the thing about it, Sam. This team last night, even though they used a lot of their young players, and I didn't realize that the goalkeeper uh, was only 16 years old, so that was amazing because, speaking of amazing, how many saves did he make that was amazing? Oh, it's but, crazy. You know, but the thing about last night United came out on full cylinders. They had a chance to get a couple of goals. They didn't get a couple of goals, but they competed with this team. And remember, this team beat San Antonio 3-1 last Saturday. Right, so, so we did better. Very legit because, so, uh, so then, you know, yesterday 3-2. And I got to wonder how it would have been if United would have used 
Tambak is in goal instead of Ford Parker. Nothing against Ford Parker. He gets to play in these kind oh, of Oh, it's matches. no different. But, you know, it's just, uh, you know, and then the youngsters, it's kind of amazing because, you know, the one young man who scored the first goal, we may never see him again, but because he played well yesterday, maybe we will because, you know, he was just the guy, hey, give him a shot. And then you got the new guy coming in and scoring on a PK. Uh, uh, this was very competitive. This was very, very good for this franchise. And, yeah, a couple of years ago, like yesterday, I listened to that match on radio because it was a midweek match, so I was home. And, you know, there was a little bit of excitement there. It was a good friendly. But last night, it felt like a real match. And the thing is, there was only 8,000 people, and it sounded on the radio like there was about 10,000. Well, that fan base was engaged last night. And you got to remember, and, and I'm I'm calling myself out for this one because my expectations were unrealistic when the Lobos hosted Utah Valley for that NIT game at the pit, and we were talking about you know realistic crowd numbers, you know five, six, seven, eight thousand, whatever it was. And you know I'm thinking for the season that they had, but you, it's one of those things you have to remember where season ticket holders don't get a ticket to that. You still have to go out and buy them individually, and it was the same thing last night. You had to go and right. buy, you had to go and buy a ticket. The season ticket holders for United still had to go and buy a ticket for that game. So the fact that there were eight thousand people for a game that doesn't count—that that was a great that was a great crowd. I mean, eight thousand. But my point for a is, friendly, not the fact that it's not the fact that it was eight thousand. The fact that it sounded like it was ten thousand. That was the thing about it. I mean, it sounded like the fans were there. They were into the match. You heard. Uh, you heard. Uh, um, the fans cheering mostly for United, but I mean, it, it was a good mix, and it really sounded good on the radio. And you know, obviously, I wish I would have seen it in person, but it sounded like a really good event to be at. No, it's cool to see uh, the Sunderland fans coming to Albuquerque and having themselves a good old time. I'm sure most of them went to San Antonio as well, but no, it sounds like everything. I imagine I, I saw all these pictures on Twitter yeah. today, and just just it was a party last night. A lot of people in Sunderland, uh, you know, gear if you will, or kits or whatever you want to call it, and you know, a lot of people obviously in United kits as well. So that was a soccer match, even though it was a friendly. It was uh, almost like a regular season match with a lot of excitement, and I think it's really going to help out United. You mentioned the only thing that went wrong last night was the score. And, you know, listening to coach after the match, he wasn't too concerned. In fact, no, there's no reason to be. 35, about 35, you know, about 35, 40% of the match, they outplayed him and they, they had did. an opportunity to win. So, I mean, they, 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 that first half, they outplayed him a lot. And then all of a sudden, they got that long goal, uh, you know, from, you know, the, the rifle artist. I mean that that was a hell of a shot. Well, and that's why you know you talk about you know Ford Parker if it was him or if it was Tim Backus, Andy Hageman who does the the color commentary with Adam Deal. Oh, no one was stopping that. And, one. Uh, so Andy is a, a former keeper in in his playing days. He was a keeper, and the way that he was describing some of those goals that were scored and the the, the way that those guys can bend the ball and make it move in ways that most you know most people in USL championships just aren't going to do. I mean, whether it was Fort Parker or Alex Tambakis, neither one of them have seen shots like that in, in their in their playing days. So, I mean, it was just... It, it's, again, it speaks to a different world that Sunderland lives and exists and, and plays, and we do have to remember that 
as well. But speaking of which, let's get to uh, those highlights from last night. Again, Sunderland opens up a 3-0 lead. As you know, uh, we, we, we can't say it enough. This team has been in the Premier League relatively recently. Relatively recently, they've won Premier League championships. This is top-level soccer. They're up 3-0 on United, mm-hmm. but in the second half, we get the youth movement for New Mexico United, which was to be expected in a friendly anyway, but these guys, even though this was a, an international friendly, these guys, no, no doubt, earned themselves some playing time. You mentioned uh, Milo Garvani, an 88th minute, born and raised here in Albuquerque. He's another one of these local players on the team, on, on the younger side. He gets United on the board. Garvani now gets it. Now Garvani can turn. Through the midfield, Santi Moore back to Garvanian. He's about 30 out. Garvanian, does he want to have one? Garvanian on the left foot, takes a deflection, and that's in! Shake the net! Milo Garvanian got the deflection and the goal! United make it 3-1 to one in the 88th minute. So that was the 88th minute. We get into stoppage time, and United's still going. They, they, they're going until the final whistle in a game like this. You could tell that they were super motivated to play a team like Sunderland, and in stoppage time, drawing a penalty kick, and the, the opportunity uh, sounded like guys were, from the way that Adam was describing it, sounded like guys were fighting for it. There were multiple people that wanted to take this PK, but it goes to... The newest member of New Mexico United who had been with the team for about 48 hours, maybe, Isaac Zuleta, who came over from Hitafe, the Hitafe's reserve club in Spain. They play in the top league in La Liga in Spain. He plays for their reserve side until he signed with United, and he took the PK in his first game with United. We're into the 92nd minute. Switch all the way to the far wing, taking off the chest and down. Smelsenberger. Here's Zuleta. Back to Smelsenberger. Oh, bad touch. Finally got it, but now a little through ball, and here's a dangerous play. Robles, Robles puts it inside the box, and Reyes, and he was knocked down, and is he going to get the penalty? And yes, he is, and a penalty kick coming for New Mexico here in the 93rd minute now. Reyes says he wants it. They're, they're arguing who's going to take it. Zaleta's going to take this. Reyes had ironed it. Here comes Isaac Zaleta, 12 yards away. He fires! Foresight! Shake the net on a penalty! And United make it 3-2! to two. That's the new signee, Isaac Zaleta. So you have these two guys in particular that score, Scott, and I keep going back to something that Peter Trevisani told us a few weeks ago. We talk to, to Peter every Monday here on Team Talk, mm-hmm. right around 445, President and CEO of New Mexico United, Peter Trevisani. And this was, I believe this would have been right before the coaching change, before uh, Eric Quill came in. But we talked, uh, you know, when the season was getting to a point of like, okay, you know, it's it's now or never. You know, we've heard Peter on the show use the phrase a couple of times, outhouse to the penthouse, because United's trying to climb up right. the table. And he talked about, some of the, the the additions that United was either making at the time or getting ready to make, as we've seen, including Isaac Zuleta. Yeah, always looking to get better in our in our uh, in our team uh, all across the board, we're, and we're always looking for more from the people we have, and then bringing in people that, as we need them, uh, not just to make a change, but when we find that you know there's somebody that we need that can add something to the team beyond what we have, we have to do that move. Uh, even if it means saying goodbye uh, or having a much lesser role for a player that we really feel strongly about as a human being. So that's, that's the difficult part, but that's the reality. Itamar, 
uh, has been working, uh, hasn't stopped actually over the last few months since he, we decided we're going to work together. And, um, you know, and, and I would expect that there's a good chance you're going to see a, a few new faces on our club. We, we do need more people. We only had two <laughs> available players off the bench. And, and again, of course, you know, United certainly did add new players. Uh, I f- laugh because I brought that up to Peter when we were out on location a couple of days ago. You said you were going to bring a couple of players, and yeah, they brought the house, didn't they? Yeah, a player from a player from Spain, player from Mexico, and the part of that that especially now as you see these guys come up. I mean, what what last night was, especially in the second half with the youth movement, is these guys fighting for playing time when United goes back to the regular season schedule Saturday against Sac Republic. Of course, we'll have it here starting at 6 o'clock Saturday here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. But these guys are fighting for playing time now. There's very much this attitude of what have you done for me lately and what are you going to keep doing for me going forward. The part in there from Peter about, you know, we might have to make some, some tough decisions, even if it's somebody that we believe in strongly as a soccer player or or as a person I mean that that's a big step that you're seeing United make now in year five where some of those decisions do have to be made you know whether it was you know maybe somebody was on the team from the very beginning and just not cutting it anymore whatever the case might be and I'm not saying that he falls into any particular category but I mean you know we, we get the news today Josh Doling gets loaned out to Las Vegas Lights for the rest of the regular season, comes in with a lot of hope, a lot of expectations. A guy who was a big time goal scorer coming in at every level that he played at. Disappointed me that they got that they uh, made that move, but it's probably good for him playing wise. But I liked him. I, I mean, a, a lot of people did. There was a lot of reason to like him coming in, and he'll certainly get more of a chance now with Las Vegas Lights for the rest of the season because even the last few games that that playing time had gotten diminished. Because there's so much competition now for these right. spots on the field. Yeah, there's a ton of competition now, especially when you bring in guys who are bona fide scores, which is exactly what this team need. They had scores, but now they got even more scores. And you put that together with the defense that they have and the style of play the coach has. I like the way this team is going. I think we all do at at this point, and it, it it's not to it's it's not even to say that like something like this had to happen, but as you're seeing this next to me to me all this is it's the next evolution of New Mexico United now halfway through year five and 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 trying to close that gap between the talent on paper and what has been you know what we saw a lot of the first half on the field 